Hey, it's Mike Up Radio. I'm Mike Gabriel. Thank you again for joining us today. Tonight, I've got Tim Cates from AM570 Local here in Los Angeles. We're going to talk Dodger baseball. Uh, hopefully, you're listening to the show on Spotify. If you're not, please go on Spotify. Go to a podcast and search Mike Up Radio. Hit the follow button, and you can follow us along on these podcasts. Here's my interview with Tim Cates. All right, here we go. Tim Cates. Tim Cates, AM570. He, he fills in with some Dodger talk, right? Tim, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Oh, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm doing amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, listen. Let's talk a little Dodger baseball. Let's do it. Oh, man. This is it. It's the time of year now. It's February. You know, the, you, the, the, the clock is now going to change in a couple of weeks. The sun's out longer. It's just it's that time of year. It's good times, right? It is. It feels a little different this year, Mike. It feels a little different than last year coming off the World Series loss uh, to Houston. It was like uh, a little bit of a hangover. The Dodgers players are kind of lagging a little bit during spring training, kind of dragging their feet the first couple weeks of the season. Justin Turner got hurt, and this has got a different feel this time around. I know it's only February. We haven't played the spring training games yet, but uh, we got all the guys in camp. Everybody's healthy, knock on wood, and it seems like these guys, you know, they all arrived early, like a week early, you know, before they had to be there, and they're, they're kind of chomping at the bit ready to go. I like it. Tim, I think I, I've got, I've got a hunch as to why things feel different. I just I, I've I've got an idea as to why because okay they they pick up AJ Pollock and and I think he's basically Yasiel Puig without all of the drama and the the babysitting. He's same numbers, defense is is just about the same, maybe less the arm. But I think that this team that they put together this this group of guys, I can't think of one guy in that clubhouse that you have to massage an ego to. I mean, David Freese, Joe Kelly, Kershaw, Hill, Bellinger, Seager, Taylor, these are all dudes that are going to fight for each other. Do you say, you feel the same way? Yeah, and that's because a lot of these guys are so young. I mean, you talk about Bellinger and Seager, they don't have egos because they don't know any better because they're still young, even though they could be divas in that clubhouse being rookie of the years. But, you know, these guys still have a lot to prove, and these guys have obviously you know gotten to World Series young in their career, but... Yeah, I mean Justin Turner, no ego. You mentioned it. The, the veterans they bring in, no egos. I think it's, I think it's for a reason, Mike. I think they do this for a reason, in that you know Dave Roberts doesn't have to babysit these guys and doesn't have to worry about the clubhouse for 162 games. And you know, quite frankly, this team has been through so much. They just need to go out and win. But the less drama, the better. I mean, Yasiel Puig's down the road in Goodyear, Goodyear, Arizona, with the Reds, and, and already making news, talking about how you know he wants to get paid when his contract's up here as a free agent and. You know, he's going he to play hard the last couple of years. I mean, mm. that sounds an awful like like Adrian Beltre in 2004 when he had nothing his first couple of years. It was good. And then all of a sudden has a contract year and it's like, you know, 30-plus home runs and had 100 RBI and gets that big deal in Seattle. It's just it's kind of refreshing, as you mentioned, not to have him in that clubhouse. But, again, yeah, there's no real drama there. Knock off what, again, no injuries, no trauma. Everything's looking good. And and I don't think it's the most talented team, but I think it's a team that's going to compete, especially in the NL West and, and most likely in the National League. I mean, I think Milwaukee is good or maybe gotten better. I think the Cubs are going to have to worry about. Uh, and the Braves, they're a good young team with a, with a decent staff. But, uh, look, again, I, I we'll, 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 I'll talk about it one more time. We'll move on. But I think that Puig, Kemp, Machado, Grandal – I think those guys just brought something that really didn't – I think it was just bad energy and, and just bad, you know, just bad juju to be around. Even a guy like Chris Woodworth, who was the third base coach last season, who's now the Texas Ranger manager, said this team didn't fight for each other last season. They went to the World Series. Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you can throw Alex Wood into that mix too, because there's a guy who mm. you know wanted to be a starter, got put in the bullpen, and, and wasn't too happy about it. I mean, let's look at the division. It's theirs. I mean, they're going to win for a seventh straight year, right? Mm-hmm. This is a division that nobody can compete with. The National League, you know, you've got the, the, the Cubs. Yeah, they're going to be a huge threat because uh, they're always good. You know, Milwaukee's they got, they got there one time, but do they have the pitching to hold up throughout the season into the postseason? I don't know if they do. Um, you know, this, this National League is basically, again, I hate to say it, but it's going to be pretty easy a road for the Dodgers to get back to a World Series. They're going to run into their you know, the Astros or the Red Sox or the Yankees or somebody uh, in the World Series. But this team is built on guys who not only have been there before, but obviously now guys that are hungry to win. And some guys are quite frankly desperate to win, like Clayton Kershaw, because he's got three years left on this deal now that he resigned for the Dodgers. But I think he realizes Justin Turner, he's not getting any younger. And, you know, Nolan Arenado being a free agent next year, uh, he's hearing those rumors, I would have to imagine, about bringing in him to play third base. And what does that mean for Justin Turner's future? as a Dodger. I mean, a lot of these guys realize this is probably the, the year to get it done uh, if they're ever going to get it done. Yeah, you know, and how hard is it that these guys get into the postseason year in, year out, they win divisions, they go to the you know World Series in back-to-back years. How? I mean, that, that's that's got to be draining, man. It's draining as a fan. It's draining. It's got to be draining for you as a fan and, and, and working, you know, or, or at least around the Dodgers. How draining is it for these guys year in and year out to it, get there and just lose? Yeah. But the good thing is, you think about Justin Turner, who got hurt for the first six weeks a year ago. He kind of had that to kind of buffer uh, the hangover in, in the long season. He got a little delayed start there because of the injury. Uh, we all know what happened with Kenley Chance at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season. Um, he was, you know, kind of slow start to get going, and they did that on purpose out of spring training a year ago. You're already seeing it with Walker Buehler now. I mean, Walker Buehler today threw his first bullpen session in Arizona, and they're kind of slow going it with him, just to make sure they don't get to the high innings like they did a year ago, which was the most, you know, hundred plus innings that he threw at the big at the big league level. I think they're doing it right. And again, a lot of people knock what they do, Mike, with the, the whole bullpen situation and bringing six guys in in a game or whatever. But I, I think over 162, you know, the fact that Clayton Kershaw has got to go five innings and your starters only got to go through the lineup three times, so they're only out there. You know, you know, 80 to 90 pitches, and they're not taxing their arms every five days. They're not out there throwing, you know, complete games. I mean, Dodger fans want to see it, and maybe are frustrated when they don't see Rich Hill go out there and pitch the seventh or eighth inning. But the fact that they've got so much bullpen guys out there, and we see all these bullpen guys get hurt. I mean, Josh Hills and all these guys, you know, they go into DL every couple of weeks because they're getting used so much. And because they're using the bullpen during the regular season, I think that helps out the pitching staff tremendously come October, and again, because of the, the injuries last year, and now Seager's going to be fresh, and you know he's going to be taking it slow, I would imagine, out of the gate, and then start cranking it up once the, the weather starts to get warmer, and he'll be good to go come October. So I think they've been kind of fortunate. Injuries, uh, depth, have, have all really kind of allowed this team not to get too fatigued the last two years. Talk about that bullpen. How shocked were you when they signed Joe Kelly to $27 million, a reliever? $27 million bucks, man. How big was that? It was huge. I mean, that's yeah. a statement right there. Saying we're going we're to put a guy down there with Kenley Jansen, a hard-throwing right-hander, which they needed. They need a guy who could just pump gas out uh, on the bullpen, and they got it. And, you know, hopefully his arm isn't too taxed from what he was doing with the Red Sox. Uh, but he's going to be a huge plus. I mean, a healthy Amy Garcia. Um, you know, what, what are you going to get out of a guy like Rob Stewart if he can help out the bullpen? Ross Stripling most likely going to be a guy out of the bullpen. So, I mean, you got a lot of arms down there. Caleb Ferguson, Tony Singrani. I mean, this is a deep Pedro Baez. I mean, Pedro Baez is now beloved by Dodger fans. Scott Alexander, Dylan Floor, 
these are guys who he saw a lot last year. Uh, didn't see a lot of in the postseason uh, for that much, for that matter. But, you know, these are all the guys we're going to see again. And Joe Kelly, to have him back there to pitch an eighth inning now, to have that bridge to get to Kinley, to pitch four outs to get to Kinley so he doesn't have to pitch a four-out save every night. This is huge. It's good for the Dodgers to do that. That's the one That's the one area they needed, right? They didn't need a lot more depth in the outfield. They didn't need – well, they needed a catcher. But, you know, they didn't need a first baseman. They didn't need a third baseman. They didn't need a starter. They got all that. They needed bullpen help, and they went out and got – one of the best guys available. Agree. It was big. I thought they were just going to go out and try to find another uh, Brandon Morrow or a, t- or a Tom Kohler or a, or a Dylan Floro, you know, one of those guys. They went out and spent money on a yeah, guy who's guys, proven. Yeah. But Brandon Morrow was successful. Brandon Morrow was, was a maniac. He was unbelievably good. And they knew when yeah. to not sign him because he hasn't pitched in over a year now with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Joe Bland before that. Joe Bland yep. was a guy who was on the scrappings and, and came and pitched with the Dodgers and yep. kind of cashed it, not as much as Brandon Morrow, but – yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I thought they'd go that route again. And, you know, we saw last year with the guys like J.T. Charbois and crew, uh-huh. uh, Dylan Foro, they pick up from the Mariners. But to go out and actually get somebody proven and spend the money, you know, kudos to that front office for, for doing something a lot of Dodger fans would hope they do. Yeah, that was big. You know, uh, Caleb Ferguson is one guy that I like a lot, and I was I was extremely confused as to why you held that guy back to not be on your World Series roster when he was lights out out of that bullpen, and they could have used him in several situations in that World Series. And for him to be on the in the playoff roster but not on the World Series roster was shocking to me. Any idea why? No. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, is fatigue. And this is another guy who a couple of years removed from Tommy John, came up out of nowhere, through a lot of innings, you know, he went past as any mark than he ever had in the first couple of years in the minors, and all of a sudden now he's pitching uh, as a starter and then out of the bullpen, and then he's, you mentioned, with the roster in the first part of the playoffs, he was getting to that kind of inning limit, and there was some talk about fatigue. He had, he had struggled with his curveball. Even he admits uh, he couldn't find his curveball in, in September. Finally found it again a little bit in October. I think he kind of hit a wall, and the fact that they had other guys they can come back with, and they had starters, uh, that they can go to, like a Maeda in the bullpen. Um, it became a numbers game, and we're Ross Stripling out of the bullpen. It just, again, came down to experience and guys who can go long relief for you, whereas you already had a lefty out of the bullpen to get you that one or two outs for you. Uh, just Caleb Ferguson was taking up another roster spot. Mm. I, I would take Caleb Ferguson throwing with his right hand than Scott Alexander with his left hand. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, Scott Alexander was one of the best in baseball. <laughs> ground ball percentages. We'll throw the number at your face all the time. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty yeah. good at Kansas City. So. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, Clayton Kershaw, name opening day roster, uh, opening day starter, excuse me. Uh, he, I don't think he's no longer the ace of the staff with Bueller around, but I, I get the decision. Uh, what kind of pitcher you think this guy is going forward? I think he's going to be this pitcher you saw in the second half of last year, a guy who's going to throw low 90s, going to have to hit his spots, going to have to get a lot of ground balls, uh, going to have to use the off-speed pitches now. He's working on a fourth pitch. He's going to have to be, not. I, I hate to say crafty left-hander because he can still throw it, uh, but he's certainly not the Clayton Kershaw who's going to go up there with that glove over his face. The only thing he sees is the eyes, and he dominated one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball. Still very good, but not the best left-hander by any means in baseball anymore. But, you know, very good Clayton Kershaw. Heck, you put him up there with the, the, the rotation they've got, that's still pretty good. And, and you know, again, for, for what baseball has become now, Mike, you don't have to go out there and get seven shutout innings from Clayton Kershaw. All you need is, you know, four and a third, five and a third out of him 
and that's a quality start. And, you know, seven times out of ten, it's going to be a win for the guy, and he'll take that um, any time. You know, he's still going to be good. He's still going to be Clayton Kershaw. He's still going to get you Ws. Russell Martin was acquired uh, this offseason. Of course, Austin Barnes still around. Uh, Kilbert Ruiz, a stud in the minor leagues, probably going to see some time, I'm assuming, next season. And then Will Smith, of course, a guy who's uh, in the minors as well, basically known more for his defense. Um, Martin Barnes, who do you think gets more playing time behind the plate this year? I think you're going to see Russell Martin early on. Huh. I think you're going to see him and Austin Barnes you know, kind of go back and forth initially. I think you're going to see Barnes start catching more as the weather gets warmer and you know, get closer to the all-star break and get deep in the summer. Just based on the fact that you got a 36-year-old now, Russell Martin, who, um, you know, even admitted that he's, he's he's getting up there, and he doesn't have he doesn't have the same legs like he did before, but still, he's a veteran guy. He can call a good game. They, they love him behind the plate offensively. Well, he better hit better than the what 205 that he did in Toronto yeah. a year ago, and in Austin Barnes. I mean, gosh, if he hits 230, um, then you know that that's a good thing. You know, anything better than 200 they hit a year ago. It looked like Austin Barnes was kind of between the ears. It was more like a confidence thing. He looked like a little leaguer at the plate most of the time. I, well, I don't understand how he got to that point. I mean, here's a guy who took over the starting job in the postseason from Randall the year before, was the starting the starting catcher in the World Series. Going into camp, yeah, he lost the job to Grandall. Did they mentally just fry him? And, and did they lose him basically for the entire year because he was pouting? And he was the starting catcher? I, I don't think he was pouting necessarily, but... I think it got mental. I think the fact that he didn't get the starting job and Grandall did and Grandall got his swing back and had Art really his best season in the major leagues and he was looking to cash in and obviously didn't get it. But I think it was kind of deflating to Austin Barnes to see what he did in October and four months later he's back to being, you know, the catcher every three days and catching on the day after a night game on the road on a getaway day. Just kind of deflating for him. But with that being said, you know, they need him to now be the 2017 Austin Barnes. And if he's not starting out at get-go, is that going to be a problem again? You know, I hope not. I hope he can rebound and have a good 2019. You know, I'd like to think that offensively he can get a little bit better than a year ago. Defensively, he had no issues, right? A year ago, he did what he was supposed to do. It's just the 200 batting average and lack of power, which is just awful. I think the Dodgers are a starting pitcher away uh, from contending – you know, with a with an American League team. You know, Dodgers mentality front office is National League. Get through it, crapshoot, playoffs, who knows what, World Series. I mean, they were nine innings away from winning it a couple of years ago against the Astros. I think Boston was just the better team. Um, you, 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 you see that moving anybody? I mean, is it like a Verd- I, I feel like they want to, you know, they want to hold on to these kids like Verdugo and, of course, Bellinger. I think is untouchable, uh, according to them. But do you see anything happening with with a starter coming over from now until the deadline? It maybe I think if they get into an injury situation where they need another arm, or if the arms they have aren't having good seasons, and you see a fall off from a Rich Hill, or you see a fall off from somebody else, like a Kenta Maeda, or you Darvish reverts to you Darvish from a couple of years ago. I mean, the fact that you Darvish had basically a second half last year, which was the best he's ever had, you kind of hope he can do it again and not get hurt. But his track record, he's going to get hurt. But that being said, if they can stay healthy, I don't see them going after another starting pitcher. Again, unless they need to go out and get one because there's a hole in that rotation. But if they were to go out and make a move, you'd think they would have done it in the offseason to get Rio Muto and let go of some of these young guys like yeah. Alex Verdugo and one of the catchers and Ruiz or, or Will Smith. That would have been the time to do it, not to go out and get a Corey Kluber or go out and get somebody else 
uh, before the deadline here in the summer. You know, at, at this point, you kind of held on to those chips. You, you kind of need to ride them out now and, and kind of cash in with Alex Verdugo the best as he can. I mean, this guy can do no more than the AAA level. I mean, he's done basically everything. Now he's got to go out and prove that he can play at the major league level. I think the bigger chip they have to maybe move, and you'd have to package him with other things, obviously, is Chuck Peterson. I mean, him and Alex Verdugo are basically the same player, right, minus a couple of years of age. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're left-handed and play the outfield, left-handed that. I mean, going to give it maybe 25, 30 home runs. I mean, you can't have two of those same guys out there. I mean, Verdugo's probably a little bit faster. Josh Peterson is certainly not the 30-30 guy he was in AAA when he first came up. He doesn't know speed at all. So I would think if you're going to get rid of one of those two guys, which you have a, a log jam now, it would probably be a Josh Peterson and patch him up, package him up. But, again, I would have done it for Rio Muto, right? I mean, it was there for the taking. All you had to do was give some of these prospects, um, you know, like, like they, you know, it just would make sense. And now that they did make the move, you think you kind of hold on for a real sweet deal. Hey, what's up with Andrew Tolles? Good question. And no, no Good word, question. huh? Nobody out. Nobody's. No. Nothing. No hmm. personal issue. I, I, you know, hopefully it's not uh, anything serious. It's not a family issue. It's nothing with his health or anybody's family health. You hope for the best, but you know, this is this is a guy who's needed to get in track and, and, and come in and have a good spring and try to fight for a roster spot yeah. because he kind of falls right below. You know, Alice Verdugo and John Peterson right now for a roster spot as a left-handed guy uh, that can come off the bench or start and play the outfield. Certainly a lot more speed, no power like the other guys. But, you know, now he's, he's kind of coming from behind and, and, and having to play catch-up when he gets the spring training. So, uh, I I don't know. I, I haven't heard what the reasoning is. Obviously, it was uh, um, enough for him not to report to camp. So, hopefully he gets back soon. Hey, you mentioned Arenado earlier. He plays third base, obviously, probably the best third baseman to probably ever play the game. Uh, Justin mm-hmm. Turner plays down there. He's got one year left on his contract after this season. Let's say the Dodgers go out and get Arenado, which I, I think it's probably destined to. With you know, There's a lot of money coming off the books next season. Where would Turner play? I think Justin Turner would move over to second, or Justin Turner would move over to first base. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think there's um, – well, I shouldn't say there's never. I, I would hate to see Justin Turner out of the box in the fourth group to finish off his career. Yeah. And 33 years old, going on 34, 35, going on 36 when that contract is over. Um, I, I'd imagine if he's still producing, and he's the Dodgers, why not move him to a second base? I mean, if he's older and he maybe doesn't have the range that he has now in a couple of years, put him at second base. Why not? I mean, there's all, with all the shifting they do now, you're not going to ask him to cover a lot of ground. Maybe put him at first base because uh, David Freeze wouldn't be around at that point. I mean, I, I think when they get there, it's a good problem to have if they can get Arenado. I mean, Bill and Arenado, we had a chance to talk to on the radio and hang out with a little bit of possibly. I mean, this guy is about as cool as it gets. Yeah. I mean, this guy's about to get paid and be one of the highest players, paid players in baseball, and you wouldn't know it based on the way he just kind of hangs out by himself, you know, travels, doesn't have a posse, doesn't have his boys with him, just kind of just does his thing, and it's just a down-to-earth guy. Seems um, like it. You know, that being said, what he does on the field, I mean, he's stolen gold glove after gold glove from Dustin Turner, who should have won some gold glove, but because Arenado's at third, he's not going to win any. Yeah. And by the way, um, Arenado plays wiffle ball in the offseason. So, like, that, that alone, man, gives me a lot of points. <laughs> Dude plays wiffle ball with his brothers and like and like his his boys in his backyard. Are you kidding me, dude? That's amazing. 
It's the best. Hey, wiffle ball is legit, man. We oh, used to play wiffle ball or sack it as we called it back in the day in the gym. Yeah. Uh, here in Burbank at the parks, man. We used to have competitions. Oh, it's the best. All summer long, that's how I'd play is wiffle ball growing up. A couple more. I'm going to let you go. Uh, you going to spring training? Uh, hopefully to go out there in a couple weeks. That's the plan. We'll see if it uh, nice. uh, stays the case, hopefully. I'm going on the 15th, so if you're there that weekend, let's meet up. Probably won't be that weekend. Okay. I'm in the Big Ten tournament that weekend. Oh, but, good. Uh, hopefully we're going to get out there. So Dodgers get back to the World Series this year? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The road is so easy for the Dodgers to get, and I say that hmm. going here into the season. It's February, but you know, if, if everything holds true like it's supposed to and the team is are who they are, I think the Dodgers uh, road to the third straight World Series is going to be pretty good. When they get back to the World Series, that's when it's going to get tough. You're going to run into the Red Sox again. You're going to run into a Yankees team, which is going to be a lot better and, and knocking on the door the last two years, or you're going to get an Astros team hungry to get back to the World Series. So. Yeah, I think those American it's, League it's teams are so much better. It's just, it's scary. Uh I don't know, man. I, I'd rather not get there than get there and lose for the third straight time. It's it's like, uh, I guess you just become numb after a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you become the Buffalo Bills. No. That's, that's not what you want to be. That's but not fun. I, I think this team is hungry enough, and I think this front office knows. I mean, look what they did the last offseason when I got Manny Machado or the trade deadline. Yep. They helped bolster this team. I, I think there's a move like that. Uh, or hopefully one or two of those out there. If the Dodgers are running away with the division and getting ready for the postseason, I, I think they do the same thing, whether it's because of injury, like it was with the Seager, or to fill a hole or to, to get even just better than they are. I see them going out there and doing something like that just to, just to kind of put them over the top and give them a fighter's chance for a little series. How about Machado getting $300 million, huh? Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the guy doesn't hustle. The guy talks about how he doesn't hustle. You know, I mean, what's the lasting memory of Manny Machado, right? On one knee, 20 strikes uh, in the World Series? Yeah. That's my memory. I'm trying to think. I wish they would think about this today. Yeah. What, what, what's the what highlight of Manny Machado in a Dodger uniform? I, and, I, every, I, and every, and every big spot, and every big spot, he never came through. Every big right. spot. But in Baltimore, he did. Small market team, 14 fans there. So San Diego's going to be the same way, even in that park. Yeah. And how many years over under on when they want to get out of that contract? Like three? They're going to be 10 Three. games. They're, yeah, they're going to be 10 games out of first place, 15 games out of first place by the All-Star break, and they're all going to be looking at each other like, what the hell did we just do? They did this a couple years ago. Granted, it was a different front office, and they had to put the front office after this front office took over. Yeah. It was the fact they brought in James Shields, and they brought in Upton, and they brought in Craig Campbell. And Kemp. And they brought in Matt Kemp. Yeah. I mean, they loaded up, and yeah. they won the offseason. Big time. And I remember people thinking, wow, they're going to compete with the Dodgers. Yep. And they had to train away everybody. <laughs> Kim- Kimbrell was traded like a month later. <laughs> he yeah. was like a month and a half later. He was on another team. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that's not the case. They got a lot of young guys down there. So they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? I mean, this NOS is so bad. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished second. I mean, San Francisco's terrible. Arizona's yeah. literally tanking and, and very open about that. Mm-hmm. Colorado, I don't think they're going to maintain what they've had the last couple of years just because those don't have enough arms. Mm-hmm. It could be this, the Padres like a distant 10 games back, but in second place. Yeah, now you got Hosmer and Machado getting $50 million combined for the next at least four years with uh, Hosmer's yeah, deal. I mean, they, got, so, yeah. they got three guys. Well, Will Myers, you throw in there. They got three guys making over $70 million. Right. And at one point, a couple of years ago, I want to say their payroll was like $60 million total. Right. Crazy. Right, right, right. I, I'd, I'd build a staff with that $30 million money that I'm giving to Machado. Um, talking about uh, front offices, Chase, Chase Utley, they give him a title yet? 
I don't think they gave him a title, but I think they're trying to figure out what title it's going to be to put it on the business card. Um, yeah. He, he, he could have whatever title he wants. Yeah. So, um, vice chairman, assistant to the regional manager, whatever. You could be Dwight Schrupp or whatever. <laughs> Just have him around. Give him the title. Just have him around. Just give him the title. You, you, let, him, uh, yeah. you let him do whatever he wants and come in whenever he wants and talk to the players wherever yeah, he man. wants. He it. No doubt. And then the Phillies, they're probably negotiating against themselves with uh, Bryce Harper, right? Yeah, that's what it's about. I, I thought though, the Phillies maybe said, forget it. We're going to start looking ahead to Mike Trout. Wow. Wow. I heard yeah. Trout is all around Philadelphia, and everywhere he goes, they're all asking him, are you going to be a Philly in a couple yeah. of years? Yeah. Yeah, I think you will be. I think yeah. the Phillies are smart. They they hold on to some of that money that they had. What that, was it? That's Stupid money. Yeah, that's one guy I give a blank check to and ask him whatever number you want. You write down. That's one guy yeah. I pay whatever to. Yeah, I'm nobody else. I mean, yeah. he is he is Mr. Charlie Hustle. He's the anti Johnny Hustle. He's the best. That is for sure. There's nobody better than him. Uh, one more Lakers. They gonna make the playoffs or not? Absolutely. They're gonna sneak in as an eight seed. You lost. They're gonna knock off the Golden State Warriors. Look at you, man. Oh my hey, God, not? Tim Cates! I can't right. wait to replay this podcast when they're then they're hosting that uh, that trophy in June, <laughs> man. <laughs> or they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Either way, it's gonna be good. Tim, you're the best, yeah. man. Thank you so much for your time. Anytime, Mike. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Tim Cates, always a pleasure talking to him. Always brings great stuff. Thank you, Tim Cates, for coming on. Uh, by the way, you can follow him on Twitter. His handle is at Tim Cates. Cates, C-A-T-E-S. It's kind of easy. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter, at Tim Cates. Cates with a C, K. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter, at Tim Cates. Tim Cates. With a C. C-A-T-E-S. Thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it. Uh, talking about some... Uh, we're going we're gonna to get to this Manny Machado stuff. I want to I wanna talk more about this. It's, it's, it's crazy because we're talking about 10-year... We're talking about a 10-year contract, but more than that because usually players that sign for 8-plus eight plus, eight plus years, they don't stick with the team... They never live out to that contract ever. It never it never happens. You go you go through Giancarlo Stanton was a 13 year deal with the Miami Marlins at the time. He gets traded. Uh, Alex Rodriguez signed two 10 year deals. He didn't live out to either one. He actually had to retire at the end of his contract with the Yankees. Miguel Cabrera eight year deal 247. At the time, you no know, decent. Now I think they'd like to get out of that contract. Robbie Cano didn't last. He's gone. No longer in that contract. He's with the Mets now. Albert Pujols, 10 years, 240. You think the Angels would love to get out of that contract? That's probably the worst one out of all of these. I mean, I, I get, you know, at the time, if you remember, the Dodgers, uh, this new ownership group just came and bought the Dodgers. So, Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, he had to go out and make a splash for people to pay attention to him and to remember that they are still around and about 30 miles away from Dodger Stadium. And there is a second team down here in Southern California, at least a third team with the Padres. So he went out and signed Albert Pujols at the time. Pujols had a huge year with the Cardinals the year before, and obviously throughout his entire career, he's been amazing. 
But, man, Albert Pujols, 10 years. And, and again, the reason why, DH, he can DH at the end of his career, blah, blah, blah. But still, Albert Pujols, <laughs> that guy's... Uh, <laughs> He's got no he's got no feet left, man. He could barely walk, let alone run. My favorite is when he thinks he's got speed. He tries to steal a bag. Tries to <laughs> catch a uh, pitcher off guard there or or a catcher off guard. Joey Votto, 10 years, 225. Good player. I don't think the Reds want to play want to pay Joey Votto 22 and a half million dollars. Small market team. David Price, 7 years, 217. Come on, man. You think the Red Sox want to get out of that contract? Yeah, they do. And, you know, the the this whole thing about players coming out and saying it's bad for the game that guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado aren't signing right away and it's taken a long time for them to sign. Yeah, you're right. I think it's got a lot to, a lot to do with the salary cap issue in, in the National Basketball Association, a little bit different. There's a cap. If you're maxed out, you're a max player, you're going to sign that max deal with a team, either with a team you were employed by or a team that wants you and wants your services, right? In baseball, there is no cap. You go through a through a threshold, then you got to pay a tax, but there really is no cap. So when guys come out and say, I want $300 million for the next 10 years, it turns a lot of teams off. And especially when I'm reading out contracts like that. Right, with the Albert Pulses and the Alex Rodriguez's and uh, Joey Votto's and the Stanton's, Miguel Cabrera's, Robbie Cano's. Remember Alfonso Soriano? I think he signed a 10-year deal way back then. You think he made it? Hell no, not a chance. So teams have figured this thing out. Uh, it's no, no more of this, you know, grabbing the best player on the market, paying him $30 million, and call it a day. You know, now baseball is mostly to do with computers. Nobody really takes a look at a guy's eyes anymore or heart anymore. It's all really about numbers and stats and, and computers. So the game has absolutely changed. And then now with Bryce Harper, he's going to want more than $300 million. And if Tim Cates uh, told us earlier today about the Phillies saying no thanks we're going to turn our attention to Mike Trout in a couple of years and save that money and not pay you, Bryce Harper. Whoa. Bryce Harper's ego and Scott Boris's agent, his, their egos are going to be damaged quickly. And by the way, this means now that teams like the San Francisco Giants are now a contender to sign a guy like Bryce Harper. Two, three-year deal? Maybe $25, 30000000 million a year? Because the Phillies are really going to be negotiating against themselves if they're interested in his services. I don't see any other team paying Bryce for 10 years. And now you, you, you turn it back to Machado and why the Padres did that. Well, look, the fan base in San Diego isn't great. It's a small market team. It should be ran like one. They're not running it like one now. Like Tim said earlier, with Manny and Hosmer... And Will Myers, $70 million between those three guys? $70 million for the San Diego Padres? Yeah, their payroll was $60 million. Their entire payroll a couple years ago. You've got these young stud kids ready to come up and play for you. You're a small market team. But when you're in California, the income tax is very high. Do you outdo everybody else's offer? 
you have to pay him 30 million bucks because he's interested to get him interested obviously Manny Machado isn't interested in winning he's interested in money and can you blame him though anybody that has been offered to play baseball period but in San Diego on the west coast to play for the Padres get 30 million bucks zero pressure for Manny Machado, which he loves. He loves the no-pressure stuff. There'll be 38 fans there a night. He's okay with that, too. This is the west coast of the Baltimore Orioles. They're not going to win many games. There'll be a lot of games out by the All-Star break. And I'm telling you, those guys are going to be in front office and be looking around and saying, shit. We got Hosmer on the hook for another seven years. He's got player options for the last three years of $14 million per which he's going to say yes to. And then we got this Manny Machado character who's got $30 million for the next 10 years. we got to pay him over $30, $300 million. Huh. Now, if it creates a buzz in San Diego, good for them. That $30 million now maybe turns into a $20 million player because you're selling jerseys, people are coming to those games, you're putting butts in seats, you're selling hot dogs, blah, blah, blah. But... I think the hype isn't going to last very long. Manny Machado, you know, seeing him with the Dodgers, he really wasn't impressive. He really wasn't. I'm telling you, man, he had so many opportunities to have his moment as a Dodger. So many opportunities, and he just never came through. And it was really unfortunate because they they did all that without him. They did all that without him. So... I don't know, man. The game has changed. Sports has changed. Changed. Um, it's it's different now. It doesn't feel the same. Uh, these contracts are out of control. Mike Trout's going to be a free agent in a couple years. That is going to be a massive, massive contract. It will be the largest to ever sign uh, as a Major League Baseball player. There's no doubt about it. Um, I was telling Tim earlier. You heard it. I would I would give him a blank check and tell him. You, you put the number on because you're worth every penny, and that's Mike Trout. You know, people complain about Mike Trout not being out there and, you know, being in the media and, uh, you know, having having some, you know, you know spaz and, and being, you know, sexy about the way he comes out and, you know, kind of like a Yasiel Puig. But, man, don't, don't, don't pretend to be somebody you're not. You know, Mike Trout is the perfect baseball player. You talk about five tools – I got a sixth tool. The sixth tool is the off-the-field stuff. That's one guy you never have to worry about. And that is so important because he's not op- only representing himself, his family, but obviously the organization that's going to be paying him $40 million bucks a year or whatever that number is going to be in a couple of years. That's important, man. That's important. Appreciate you guys um, cutting out your day for me. It's always appreciated. It's always fun. Next week, who knows what. But I'm having fun. I hope you guys are too. Uh, Questions, comments, whatever you guys want on Facebook, Twitter. Um, It's on Spotify now, obviously, and that's that's amazing. I'm so excited about that. Go on Spotify, search Miked Up Radio, M-I-K-E-D, Up Radio, no spaces. You'll find the show. Hopefully you can follow the show. And uh, look, again, comments, whatever, man. I, I love hearing from everybody. I appreciate the love, the support. 
this is this is fun for me. I enjoy it. It takes me out of my everyday, and uh, I'm passionate about it, and I love it, and I hope to talk to uh, you know most of you guys soon. So this was Miked Up Radio. I am Mike Gabriel. Good night. God bless. Until next time. So long, everybody.